Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The Seahawks and Packers are 3-0. Will they be joined by the Ravens or the Chiefs? We'll know soon enough. And the NBA Finals are set. And the MLB Playoffs are set as well. Hello, boys and girls. It is two telling and one as it is one of two nine ESPN radio and SWX Montana television across the state. Outstanding to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Hope you are having a wonderful day. We appreciate you riding along with us on your radios, on your TVs, and as the case may be on your internet. So you go Check us out on the World Wide Web, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live all the time. The stream is available whenever you would like it. Over there on the uh, on the website, 1029ESPN.com. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call, you can do that as well. 361-3688. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. Uh, you can also text us on that line as well. 361-3688. If you just want to get uh, you know, a quick response that way, we will certainly be happy to uh, get you in here on the text line as well. 361-3688. Several things that we got to get to today. In fact, it's a huge day in the sports world. Uh, Ryan Collingwood wrote a uh, article in the Spokesman Review 
review that uh, cited Lynn Hickey, who's the athletic director at Eastern Washington, as sort of outlining the second week of October is what the Big Sky Conference is shooting for in terms of putting together a, a schedule for the spring football season. Okay, again, uh, as we've talked about before, uh, uh, certainly something that Kent Haslam spoke about directly in terms of looking for an eight game inside of a nine-week schedule. That is what the Missouri Valley has done with a bye week in there as well. So we will get into that just a little bit as well. Several guys also have uh, gone to the CFL out of the Big Sky Conference and specifically from Montana and Montana State. Dante Olson, Jerry Louis McGee, Bryce Stirk, all of them have been picked up by CFL teams here in this non-CFL season. We will get into some high school stuff. A big weekend around uh, the uh, uh, state of Montana at the high school level. There are five undefeated teams remaining at the Class AA level. Level. We'll tell you what happened uh, both uh, class AA and B uh, over the weekend. And Coulter will also bring you his f- Treasure State Stars of the weekend uh, who had their best week as we'll get into that. Top of the hour, the NFL, the Seattle Seahawks, 38-31 winners over the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Great game, very entertaining game. So we'll get into that. And also big just storylines around the NFL in general. The Falcons, I mean, just it's not even possible to do what the Falcons have done throughout three seasons, uh, three games, excuse me, this season. It's just unbelievable. Uh, We will also uh, get into uh, 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 the Green Bay Packers. Their win over the Minnesota, excuse me, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, We'll get into that. Minnesota, one point away from getting their first win, but nonetheless, they fall to 0-3. And yes, it is the night of nights uh, in the early part of the regular season with the Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs set to play football. And it is amazing because it is going to overwhelm what is going to be an epic game six of the Stanley Cup final and very well maybe the last game of the Stanley Cup or the, of the NHL season with the Tampa Bay Lightning up three games to two. The Dallas Stars double overtime winners uh, in uh, game five to extend the series. But nonetheless, that game is on tonight and will be a byline compared to what is going to happen in the NFL tonight and the Miami Heat. They are there in six games and going up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And for everything that we've seen out of Miami, this sets up to be just an unbelievable finals. I think a lot of people thought when the Miami Bucks went down that it was simply going to be a coronation. I think a lot of people think differently about that now in terms of what this NBA Finals could bring us. So looking forward to all that. So there you go. A big, big Monday. Plenty of stuff going on. Coulter, nice to see you, my man. Over to Bozeman and back. You made it a little uh, round trip over the hill. So uh, nice job once again. How many times have you driven Missoula to Bozeman? Mm. Man. So, so there and back just counts as one? Sure, yeah. Re- yeah, round trip. 150 times? I'd say more like 250. 200, 250? <laughs> a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot. I well, mean... Uh, uh, well, so I, I know this. I did it. I think I did it seventy-five times my first year back here with you because mm. we had so much stuff to do over there. You know, there's been a couple things that have influenced. I mean, as everybody that listens to the show consistently knows, I still run my multimedia company, SkylandSportsMT.com. Cover Big Sky Conference athletics. Bread and butter is Montana, Montana State. I was the sports editor at the Chronicle in Bozeman for a while, so uh, a lot of our business originated in Bozeman mm-hmm. and. Uh, but there was a there was this sweet spot where Montana State football was building, and Montana football uh, was delving back into the Bobby Houck era 2.0. Uh, you know Jeff Choate, a lot of hype behind him. Bobby Houck's return, obviously, a tremendous amount of hype behind that. Travis DeCure has uh, one of the greatest teams in 
men's basketball history at the University of Montana. But also Tyler Hall is one of the transcendent talents yeah. ever to play in the big sky. So I was going over there as much as I possibly could for football and basketball season. This last basketball season, I kind of hit it when I could. It was a worse winter, and it was a first-year head coach. And I think that you know, there's a lot of different dynamics to go into coverage plans. I think Danny Sprinkle has so much leash because he is like the favorite son of Montana State basketball. Right. I think that there's not crazy high expectations on him as much as I think people are going to be patient for a long time. So there wasn't this immediate and urgent need. I also just thought last year the Big Sky was a little bit down. There wasn't as much of epic stories. But regardless, it's a it's a beautiful drive until <laughs> until you're plowing Homestake Pass with your car, then yeah. it's not great. Well, I will say, I mean, if a guy's got to drive 200 miles on the regular... You can do a lot worse than Missoula to Bozeman on the Interstate 90. This is my favorite time of year to do it. Yeah. Yesterday, I, I sacrificed some football. watching the Seahawks game yeah. because I wanted to leave at exactly three because I think that three to six late September, yeah. like just where the sun sits in the sky and the way it illuminates everything. the plane up against the mountain. I mean... It's as good as it gets. I mean, Montana's as good as it gets, man. It's crazy to say that I've done this thing probably 250 times, and I get, I have the exact same feeling and joy about it every time I do it. That's, uh, that is a very good thing. Well, Colton, let's jump into this thing. Um, our buddy Ryan Collingwood, who writes for the Spokesman Review, wrote an article primarily about Eastern Washington, but kind of got into a couple of things where he uh, – actually, Lynn Hickey uh, attributed to her, the athletic director at Eastern Washington, sort of said, look, we, we as a conference uh, have been waiting for the NCAA to give us some dates uh, for uh, an FCS playoff in the spring so that then we could create a schedule based off of that. Well, that came out uh, about a week and a half ago, at least a recommendation. I think it's also been ratified, hasn't it, that the FCS playoffs will begin on April 24th and that the national championship game will be played between May 14th and May 16th. They haven't nailed down the exact date on that yet uh, in terms of the championship game. But, but more importantly, I think, is the start date, right? And when you're talking about what the regular season's going to look like and a 16 team deal as well so you kind of know how many weeks it's going to last and so now the big sky conference and the athletic directors therein have started uh you know as she says working backwards from that in terms of putting a schedule together and she's saying that they would like to in the next couple of weeks have that put together now we haven't heard much out of the state of montana uh all on those lines yet but this is uh this is the first sort of um you know, report piece of reporting I've heard about the Big Sky Conference and even a timeline for putting together a spring schedule. You've been sitting here for a couple of minutes. I was refreshing the Twitter timeline right up until the show. Mm, mm. This is from Ryan Collingwood of the Spokesman so Review. I assume you saw Doc Rivers. I did see Doc Rivers. Out, out, with, out with the Clippers. With the Clippers. Breaking not news. Surpri- not surprised. No. Call, Ryan Collingwood, though, he, he had a little follow-up reporting on what was a leak I'm not going to get into my opinion about barstool sports other than I think that it's exhausting and ruining <laughs> modern journalism. But the, the pretty much got it. Barstool it, Southern Utah <laughs> tweeted breaking Southern Utah will open its 2021 spring season on February 13th in Cedar City, Utah against Eastern Washington. Ryan Collingwood followed this up by saying there's been no confirmation from either schools, but several players and coaches from Southern Utah liked the tweet. I don't know what you can read into that. But then another follow-up tweet said that 
it has been confirmed that Eastern Washington and Southern Utah will play each other in the Big Sky opener. What the date of that is remains to be determined. Okay. I had a little bit of a chuckle thinking about a February 13th game in Cedar City, Utah. For those people that aren't familiar with Cedar City, I think you think of Southern Utah as Zion and headed Moab, Arizona, and, and desert. Well, you get out of St. George. I played golf with a guy from St. George in Bozeman in mid-August, and he told me that it had been 110 degrees for two and a half straight weeks in St. George, Utah. That's mm. why he was in Bozeman. He's like, I couldn't take it anymore. I started driving. Got to get out of here. <laughs> but I respect that. I, I respect it, too. But but Cedar City, it's it's only like 30 miles away, yeah. but it's straight up in the mountains. Cedar mm. City is higher than Bozeman. It's almost a mile high. I think it's the second highest altitude campus in the big sky besides northern Arizona and Flagstaff. There's going to be so much snow in Cedar City. I mean, there's more snow there than there is in Montana. Let me ask you this, though. Snow is one thing. Snow is one thing. How cold is it going to be? Right. You know, because if it's, if it's two feet of snow, but it's 20 degrees, then it's fine. Well, and then that's, that's the thing that Montana gets to, especially Bozeman sometimes, when the storms move in from the east. You get the heavy snow and then that whipping wind because it all comes out of the Livingston Canyon. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I mean... Just ask Travis Johnson, former Bobcat wide receiver. He broke his foot twice because the ice is so crazy. That's what's going to be so wicked in Montana because Bozeman, you get these crazy variable terrain. Like the turf is so weird because it's windblown and then ice blown and it's jagged and it's not flat whatsoever. And then in Missoula, as we know, where Washington Grizzly Stadium is, might be the coldest place on planet Earth when the Hellgate winds are blowing. Yeah. And so I, I do think that Montana still has the argument for being the most raw atmosphere you could have for a February or March football. Yeah, the good thing that Washington Grizzly has that no other, no other non-dome stadium has is that it is basically, I mean, it's not basically, it is all the way enclosed now at this point. And so it still blows for sure, but at least at the field level, it isn't quite what it is. Some of the most miserable games I've seen are like Eastern Washington, where you got the open end zones and it's just like, just total exposure. I thought my old photographer at Skyline, when I took him over to cover the semifinal game against Richmond, and it was 9 degrees in Cheney with a 35 mile per hour win, I thought he was going to (laughs) quit. At halftime, he's like, dude, I don't know I don't know if I can go back down there. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we we uh, we are planning to have uh, the athletic director at the University of Montana, Kent Haslam, on this week with us on the roundtable. And so we'll certainly discuss this topic and kind of get an update from where we're at. And one thing that I want to know is, is how will the decisions be made about if if playing is is plausible, smart, good idea to do? or not and uh, like what's the group of people within the university uh that is going to come together to sort of make the that determination and how will it be made you know and, and i don't even know if there's a, a you know a, a cut and dried answer to that but uh, i think that that is kind of the important thing is you can you can make the schedule and put it out there and see what it is and then kind of and then you know at some point you got to decide if you're going to go out and do the thing you know so we'll, we'll we'll get into that and more Coulter you also wanted to talk about here uh, off the top a couple of players from the Big Sky Conference uh, from Montana Montana State that uh, a couple guys had looks in the NFL were on different NFL rosters and in some camps did not make the teams ultimately but now have been picked up by the Canadian Football League notably Dante Olson and Bryce Sterk also Jerry Louis McGee was not in an NFL camp also now on a CFL roster well, these guys are not actually on rosters. They're, been claimed, they're, I guess. Their rights to negotiate yeah. have been claimed. 
first of all, it's worth stating we've made so much of the the way that the sports have been altered in America over the last six or seven months. The Canadian Football League's been straight shut down. They've had no plans to ever play, period, and they have no plans to return as of right now. That's not to say that they don't hope to return, but right now there's no plan of action on to when things might restart in terms of the CFL, and that's a, it, that's going to be a huge blow for our neck of the woods. I think that people that watch the CFL really like it. I just don't think enough people have tried watching it. But if you do, if you're from this part of the country – you should watch it because, first of all, it's really good football. Second of all, you're going to recognize some of the yeah, dudes. Yeah. I mean, all the guys playing quarterback in the CFL right now, I think six out of the eight starters are guys that we have, have either Big Sky Conference or Northwestern ties. Let me ask you a question. In, sure. in Canada, what is the analog level of, of interest... Uh, of fandom for the CFL of what we like, what would be the same type of league or sport in the United States? College football, small school college football. Like the Calgary Stampeders games are largely similar to Montana games. Okay, so I mean, co- I mean, yeah, college football. Yeah, you, you can't just say college football because it ain't anything like okay the SEC uh, or the Big Ten. Well, I, I, it's worth dissecting it based on where the teams are located. Vancouver is a huge city. The BC Lions are certainly popular, but not like unbelievably, you know, these guys are the stars of the world. Whereas though in Saskatchewan, Regina, the Rough Riders and Calgary, the Stampeders, they are, they're like big, big, big stars. Let me ask you this. Toronto, Montreal, not as much. Winnipeg, a little bit, but like Edmonton and the the more rural Canadian provinces, Edmonton, Calgary and Saskatchewan. The, the dudes are definitely huge stars. And, I I mean, Saskatchewan holds, I think that stadium holds like 35,000. They're consistently pretty sold out. Like, the tailgates are a big deal. It's like going to a game at, like, Washington State. Um, it's a big deal. On a level of popularity, just from a, a professional league, I was putting it maybe somewhere along the same lines as, like, the MLS. You think it's you think it's bigger than the MLS? Or yes. S- a little bigger than the MLS? Certainly. Because the reason I'm bringing this up is because not playing this year is is a significant financial hit to a league that is popular that has people that go to it has television rights and all of that but it is nothing like what professional football or even big time college football is in the United States it's nothing like what hockey is in Canada and and the revenue not being there is really damaging to the league as a whole, not just like, oh, some of the owners aren't going to make as much money as they were going to make, but the actual viability of the product to continue. And I think there has been an expectation, but not a certainty that the CFL is going to pick up, you know, next year and can kind of continue forth. Uh, and 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 I think it is not a hundred percent, right? That 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 the CFL even is able to continue to be viable. I think it's likely that it will be able to be, but not guaranteed like it is with you know the most popular sports in the United States. Since nineteen sixty three, the CFL has cumulatively never averaged less than twenty thousand spectators per game across the board for the league. Okay. The CFL consistently draws, on average, the third most of any professional sports league in America behind only the National Football League and Major League Baseball. So they outdraw the NBA 
part of that is just because NBA, NBA arenas, I mean, is there an NBA arena that even holds 20,000? Yeah, there's a couple that do, I think like 20, 22,000. But also, if you're dividing it out by game, if you have an opportunity to go to 41 home games as opposed to five, you know, you're, you're, you right. can... It's a little, it's a, you know, not everybody's Jack Nicholson sitting there courtside every game, you know? The average CFL attendance for the last decade was uh, 26,286 okay. fans. So, yeah, sold out Washington Grizzly Stadium, which is, which is a very significant, viable thing. And I got no idea what the ticket prices are, but I bet they're, they're pretty dis- well, decent. I mean, so, I bet they command a, a fair price. One of my good friends, Cole Burkwis, he played in uh, Canada for five sure. years. He played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for most of his career up there in Canada. But there was a, a time when Cole was first on the, the practice squad and then he was the backup to Darren Durant for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And he used to get eight. This was circa, this was right when we had just graduated from college. This was probably, it's like about seven or eight years ago. But he used to get eight tickets, like just for family and friends tickets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes they'd be filled and buddies would go up there or his folks would go up there, or whatever. But other times they wouldn't. And he would sell them for about 125 bucks a piece. All right. There you go. Secondary so, market, which is, you know, a hundred US, which is pretty good. Um, all right. Well, we we wish the best, obviously, to uh, Bryce Dirk, Jerry Lou McGee, and Dante Olson in the CFL, and we wish the best to the CFL that it's able to just sort of pick up and reconvene and carry on when the time is right for for them to be able to do it. It's really thinking about the Dante Olson dynamic, and I think that one thing that's so true, one of the cliches we've heard over the last several weeks and months is that man he would have fit so great in the nfl 15 years ago and i think that that's one of the fundamental differences right now we see what everybody's doing on both offense and defense and subbing defensively with the paces that the offenses are playing at now is largely unrealistic you need to find guys that can play like hybrid style positions the inside linebacker position in a 3-4 defense in the NFL right now is such a crazy position cuz you have to be able to go heads up with a guard you have to be able to tackle Derrick Henry in the hole but you also have to be able to cover running backs in the flats you have to be able to track Austin Eckler you have to be able to not let Christian McCaffrey catch the ball on every single down finding guys that are that level of athlete are insane and you see guys like now like you say Dante also would have been perfect in the NFL 15 years ago a guy like Levante David for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers never could have played in the NFL 20 years ago he's six foot and a half six one 225 pounds. He's built like a 1990s safety would be built. Yeah. But he can run so well. Like that kid from LSU that the Bucks drafted, Davis. He, I mean, he's not big. He's not that big, relatively speaking, NFL terms speaking. But they run so well. And I think that's the part. But I was thinking about what also could do to redefine himself. Because I just really don't think that he has the foot speed to play inside linebacker and in any scheme, 3-4 or 4-3 in the NFL at this exact moment. But he could, I think, make an impact on special teams. Mm. But I just wonder, then this is the, such the irony of the situation because we have tongue-in-cheek sort of criticized the coaching staff that came before Bobby Houck for not playing Dante Olsen. And the fact that this kid went from non-starter to back-to-back Buck Buchanan finalists and the 2019 Buck Buchanan Award winner, we were like, huh, well, that's just kind of a microcosm of why Bob Stitt and his staff got fired, right? They couldn't even get their best player on the field. But in the irony of it all, they were trying to play Dante Olsen on the edge, 
And I actually think that if you're talking about strictly in the NFL, I think that's the place where he actually might be able to to make some money in the NFL. I just don't know how you, you can't backtrack and develop yourself as an edge guy once you're already to that point, and that's what sucks for him. Well, and that's why, again, I mean, do following the, the Alex Singleton sort of route of doing several years in the CFL, and if you can create your, you know, a standout, uh, yourself as a standout in the league, you know, you can get another look in the NFL, as we've seen. Uh, it is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Was a big week around the state of Montana. Over the weekend, we're about to the halfway point, amazingly, of the high school season with the late start. So we'll get into what took place, especially across AA City of Missoula and in general right after this. Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Teams. Still undefeated in the ranks of Class AA across the state of Montana. We'll tell you who and how. This is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, at Gus Tutel on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Uh, those are your relevant Twitter handles. Uh, it is time for our Prep Extra segment. Prep Extra segment is brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Competitive wages and benefits. Join a team at Farmers State Bank. Learn more and apply today at FarmersEbank.com. Uh, Coulter, over the weekend, or particularly on Friday, a full slate of games around uh, around the state of Montana and in Class AA. Just quickly go through the scores for you, but Helena Capital, they shut out Kalispell Flathead 41-0. Billings Senior had their way with Belgrade 59-21. Billings Skyview getting in the W column for the first time this season. They blank Great Falls CMR. Surprising. A little more than just the first time this season. We'll get into that next segment during my Treasure State Stars. So Billings Skyview, a 20 to nothing win over CMR. Billings West has mentioned 70 points on Bozeman Gallatin. Bozeman High, they got Great Falls 30-7 to and then some uh, teams around the city of Missoula Kalispell Glacier beat Big Sky. This was actually the closest game of the weekend 36-18. to Helena High uh, dominated Hellgate 55-14 in Missoula Sentinel. They dominated Butte 52-7 to and we got some, uh, some numbers to go through for you. But after that weekend of games or that Friday night of games, on the east side it is Billings West and Billings Senior who sit there uh, unblemished. Both of them at three and zero, and then Bozeman after them is two and one. Everybody else is one and two except for Belgrade who's still zero and three. On the west side of the state, it's Helena High, Kalispell Glacier, and Missoula Sentinel are your three three and zero teams. Nobody else has a winning record. Everybody else is one and two or zero and three. Butte and Flathead the only teams that haven't won a game yet on the west side of the state. But uh, it's pretty pretty clear where the top three are at least at this moment in time in uh, in the west Coulter, because it's the three no everybody else is one and two or worse and then three teams that are undefeated and not just undefeated but especially in the case of Helena High and Missoula Sentinel they have been rolling people 
Right now in Double A, you have the five three and zero teams, like you mentioned. Then Bozeman's sitting there at two and one, and then everybody else is either one and two or zero oh and three. This last Friday, the winners outscored the losers by almost three hundred points. It's crazy, three sixty three to sixty seven. So this is going to be the state of existence in Double A right now. Yeah. I think that there's. I think there's several factors going on. I think that the pandemic and every every way it's affected preparation and also just affected the overall psychology of kids is certainly uh, showing itself, especially in these the largest classification in Montana because of the uncertainty and just the weird way that kids are having to conduct themselves. But I also think that there's a certain uh, cultural dynamic going on here too. I think that I mean, even 15 years ago when I was in high school, you might read the newspaper and have a sort of an idea of what people around the state had, or you, you knew the powers that be. You knew CMR was always going to be good. You knew Helena Capital was going to be competitive. You knew Billings West was going to be good. But there wasn't kind of this cut and dry, here's what the expectations are for the team. And I truly think that when there's a narrative in your town or your school that your team's going to not be very good, that it makes less kids go out for football. I think the kids do not really have the the notion of I want to be a part of something just to have fun or like I mean there was so many kids that played football just because they just don't, didn't want to go to school every other Friday they wanted to be on the bus and hanging out <laughs> you know doing something with their friends enjoying being a high school kid you know it's one of the fun times in your life but I really do think that that's why you see this crazy stratification right? I think that Hellgate's cured a little bit of their apathy because that last senior class was so good and I do I do think you have some good athletes out at Hellgate Hellgate's uphill battles are twofold one the majority of kids at hellgate want to play other sports not football and that's why there's i mean their soccer team the boys soccer team hasn't lost a match in three years yeah you have to imagine there's a couple you know middle there's a couple guys that are playing forward or whatever for the hellgate Knights team that could probably play some receiver on the football team but they just don't because of the way that the culture is but you know then i also think that you have some dynamics like Billing Scavy, which we'll get into a little bit later, but where you have one coach in the history of the school and then that guy retires. It takes a while to rebuild the thing. I mean, even Billings West, which was a perennial power under Paul Claybo, they had a dip and now they're rolling again. They won yeah. a state championship a couple of years ago and now they're back being one of the top teams in the state. But I do think that there's it's not just a coincidence that it's so cut and dry. I actually think that two of the teams that are on the bottom half of the standings right now, Big Sky and Hellgate, they're not necessarily even succumbing to what I'm talking about as much as other teams. I mean, I just think that, like at Flathead, Kyle Sampson leaves, and the numbers just are in, they're cut in half. You just don't have the same yeah. amount of kids out. At Belgrade's struggling, obviously, because they still are trying to transition up from Class A. I don't even think there's a 1,000 kids in that high school, so they're going to have a numbers battle for a while. But I, I do think that until we get some sort of crossover or until we see some of these primetime matchups, we know who's good and who's not. It's just we're not going to know who of the good teams are the best teams. Or the best teams. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, what really is the – I mean, I don't know. We had J.S. Kluswich and Gino Leonard in here last week. Gino Leonard's a you – know, he's a front seven guy and a, and a lineman, so he's playing a bunch of snaps. He's getting the reps that he dreamed of in his senior year. But I was talking to Jace before we started the interview. I was like, man, what do you think? You know, you only got nine touches so far on offense. He's like, well – I'm really excited to kind of get let loose when we get into the later on in the year and get into the playoffs. But, you know, right now it just kind of is what it is. But on one hand, I think for like a team like Central, you can stay fresh, which is a good thing. But also, 
I just don't know how much better you're actually getting. You're getting a lot of guys reps, but beating teams 52 to 59, 14 to 52 to 7. I don't know. I don't know where. I mean, Billings West beating beating Gallatin 70 nothing. I just don't really know what you get out of that. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of that Sentinel game over Butte and Butte. Even though they were 0-2 on the year, I think they've lost one game by a touchdown and another game by like 10 points. So they had played some low-scoring defensive battles, but they uh, they did not uh, fare very well against Sentinel. Charlie Kurgan for the, the Spartans had three touchdowns, a one-yard run, a two-yard run, and then got a 46 pass from uh, 46-yard pass from Camden Sermon. Sermon threw a couple of touchdowns in this game. He also ran for one as well. But T.J. Roush scored a touchdown. Hayden, Hayden Cruz scored a touchdown. Dayton Bay had a one-yard touchdown run. Uh, so. I mean, they're spreading the thing all over there. And by the way, notably, Jace Klusowicz not on the roll call for uh, touchdown scoring uh, for for Sentinel, but they're certainly spreading the thing around and and you know giving different guys opportunities. But uh, that's that's what it is for Sentinel right now. Uh, in Kalispell Glacier's game against Big Sky, uh, Coulter Janicaro rushed for a touchdown and threw for another one. Again, Missoula Big Sky falling thirty six to eighteen. But Jake Rendina for Kalispell Glacier. Four touchdowns, 233 yards rushing. So a big night. They just kind of gave it to their horse and let him do his work. Jake Rendina had a big night uh, in that football game. You seen Camden Sermon's highlights yet? Nope. He came transferred from Wenatchee, Washington, as an all-conference guy over there at the 4A level in Washington. And guy that was getting a little bit of recruiting look from Eastern Washington. And uh, I I tell you this, I think that he's an intriguing quarterback prospect because I do think he has good arm strength, but the kid is a ridiculous athlete. Some of these touchdown runs he has, I mean, put your foot in the ground and gone. He's the fastest guy on the field when J.S. Kluswich isn't on the field. Mm. He's he's really, really, really athletic. Hmm. I'm just interested to see guys like him, a lot of times if you're going to get recruited to play a position other than quarterback, you have to be willing to let that happen. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you dig your heels in and say, I'm only going to be a quarterback, he, I do think that he's intriguing enough of a prospect that he could blossom into a, a Big Sky-level quarterback someday. But I think he's a Big Sky-level athlete right now, and I think yeah. if a school offered him a scholarship as an athlete, I don't know, I, I think it's just going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Let's talk a little Class A, because I thought that those were the, actually the best games of the week, um, the Billing Central Laurel game and the Hamilton Frenchtown game. Billing Central... 28-14 over Laurel over the Locomotives. This has been, you know, a rivalry for a long, long time. They've been playing this game since like 1955, I think. It's been uh, going on so uh, many, many years uh, that they've been 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 playing that. But the Billing Central back in the winning column, 28-14 to over Laurel. And then the matchup certainly on the western side of the state was once again with Hamilton and Frenchtown. Uh, and Hamilton did beat the Bronx 21-6, to another good game. And Frenchtown, you know, they're showing themselves to be a very good team, very talented team. I think they're three and two on this season with losses now to Hamilton and was the other one to Dylan in overtime. Dylan in overtime. Yeah. So they're they're sort of right there, but they they're better than all the other teams, but maybe not quite as good as the two best teams in Western A. And you just go, man, you know what what if if you have if you're if you are plus one Jace Klusowicz, which is of course where he was before he went to Sentinel, transferred over to Sentinel, where does that put them in the conversation with you know with the, the top top teams now in the west but you got to say hamilton now is you know a top two three team in the state if not the top team in the state i don't know i'm not sure where i'm ready to rank them quite yet but a very very good football team in the hamilton bronx well it's crazy to say only five games into the year but the hamilton bronx are your southwestern a champions, champions. yeah because they're five and oh and they move out of conference play now for the last three regular season games but freshdown 
three and two, but they're sitting. I mean, like you said, they their two losses are to two of the three best teams in the state, and so their three right wins there. have been been decisive. No, no question. They have some really good talent too. Yeah, they do. Uh, Duncan Richardson, the two A lineman, I think that he's uh, if he keeps developing, could be like a borderline Big Sky Conference guy. But I mean, he's he's big and he can run. Tell Arthur is a really good player too. Those two guys, I think they're actually. I was looking through stats on Max Preps. I think they're two and three in the state respectively in tackles, total tackles right now. So those guys are eating it up. So uh, that was an impressive, an impressive game that I think foreshadowed some of the postseason. Uh, it, it had postseason ramifications to be sure. Here's the thing that I think is so encouraging for Hamilton. Threefold. I think last week against Dillon, they proved that they could hang in the trenches, not just with the athletes on the skill on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. This last week, they proved they could win with defense instead of just lighting up the scoreboard. And talking to just some guys from around the state, you know, that are either into high school football or, or coaches, it's it's easy to kind of gloss over and say, well, you know, he's a young hotshot guy with some innovative ideas because, you know, he's just the new generation and he's got spread ideas because he's a young guy and, you know, people are going to get used to his offense eventually. Whatever you might want to say. Bryce Carver is one of the best coaches in Montana high school football, period. It doesn't matter that he's only 29 or 30 years old or however heck old the kid is. But he, when you're talking to coaches around the state, they say it's not just the innovative offense. It's not just that they you know, had a D1 quarterback pretty much for five years running. It's not just that they run a sophisticated version of the spread in a conference where that's a little bit ahead of the curve. He's actually real deal in game making adjustments. He's out coaching people mm. straight up. And I think that's really impressive. I mean, to be able to come from Dylan like he did and now basically own the conference that Dylan owned for 20 years and do it against a guy he played for in Rick Nordahl, it's incredibly impressive, man. I mean, I was down in the bitter last week and Hamilton's a buzz for the Bronx, man. Everywhere I went, we were making sales calls. Everybody's like, well, you got any. Guy packages about the Bronx. Like, we want to hear about these guys. Yeah. I mean, they're running the table in the regular season, going on five years in a row. And to do it after they graduate one of the great players in state history, at least productivity wise, and Carson Rostad, it's an impressive feat. And I think that I think that the longer it goes on, the the more respect Bryce Carver will have around the state because he's done a he's done a hell of a job, man. Well, I mean, for a guy who I mean, he's very young uh, still. I mean, he's been the head coach there now five seasons, five seasons right? Yeah. But I think he was like twenty six when he took over as the head coach. He, I think he's the that. same grade as my brother. My yeah. brother is not yet thirty. So, so um, very young guy, and this is this is the thing because a lot of people. You know, it makes sense, but some teams will have a transcendent player that just walks through those doors, and all of a sudden, you know, with they 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 change maybe the culture to some extent. And it's not to say that Hamilton was by any means a perennial loser or something like that prior to Carson Rostad. No. But sometimes you get a great player who comes in, raises the level of everybody around, and then when they graduate, okay, you know, they you had that run and it was tied to that guy, and particularly for a a first time and young head coach. To generate a program um, is is what you know 
Bryce Carver is doing at this moment. And again, there's another kid named Rostad who's back there, and that's helpful, uh, no question. But you know, you're like you said. I mean, there's it's it's more than just one or two kids or you know one or two families that make it that make it into something that is a year in and year out you know top dog. And guess what? They still got something to play for. I mean, you do every single year, but they haven't cracked the state championship nut yet. And so, you know, I think that that is still, you know, a driving, motivating, animating force for for Hamilton. And and just the the ebbs and flows of of that league over the last 20 years have been very interesting, too, because Hamilton was was the dominant program in this neck of the woods in the late 1990s when Mm -hmm. Steve Weston was the coach. And they had such great players. They were churning out D1 prospects. There's a ton of guys on those early 2000s Grizz teams that were from Hamilton. But then with Frenchtown going between A and B, back and forth, and now they're back in A. The Frenchtown, under Tim Roscoe, some of the great winningest teams in the history of the state. I mean, they won a dozen or more state championships, just yeah. rolling people. And then you have Dillon. But then the remaking of that Southwestern A. I mean, as we know, down the Bitterroot, that's a community that's different than almost anywhere else in Montana because it's the only place where you have a string of small towns in Montana that are not that far apart. Most small, everywhere in Montana is so far from each other, but Florence and Corvallis and Stevensville and Hamilton are not far from each other. And as we know in the Bitterroot, very few people actually live in the town that their address is attached to. You just live somewhere and you just have an address that's close to where you live, but you might live closer to Corvallis and have a Stevensville address. So you might live closer to Stevensville and have a Hamilton address or whatever it might be. But a lot of kids, they go to different high schools, and that's why in that area, culture is so important. And when you establish yourself as the place where it's fun to play football, where you're going to go win, it's no, it's not a coincidence to me that Hamilton is dominant and Stevensville and Corvallis are not. Well, because the kids that are wanting to play football are choosing to just go drive an extra 15 minutes. And, and also at the end of the day, I mean, H- Hamilton is the the city the of the bitter yeah, yeah. right i mean that's there's the most people are there and they the have finances the are there absolutely yeah. new new field new gym. i mean they're the hamilton high school gym is one of the the five best gyms period i mean you throw dahlberg throw brick breeding in i mean no it's question. spectacular and they host tournaments there you know every year as they should i mean it's it's great so they have uh you know they got a lot to be proud of uh it's two tell nuanas 1029 espn radio did you want to say a quick word on the central laurel game uh, Billing Central again, twenty-eight fourteen win over Laurel, and and a hugely competitive uh, uh, series and rivalry right right there over on the quote east side central part of Montana. Well, it's been it's been interesting too because, like you said, it's a rivalry that dates back to the fifties and one that was back and forth for a great while, a and then time. completely lopsided for most of the twenty-first century until Laurel last year. Laurel won Broke thirty-three through. nothing last year. It was their first win over Billing Central since two thousand three. Sort of a return. To normalcy with Building Central coming back out on top, um, but but a good game. I mean, you're really talking about I mean, 2014. Good, good, good these football these are two top five teams for yeah, sure, yeah. and I, I expect the East to be pretty similar to what it was last year when it's all said and done. I think it's going to be three. I think it's going to be Central, Laurel, and Miles City that are going to be the three teams that are kind of fighting it out. But it's worth mentioning in Class A too. We talked about this with several coaches. We talked about it with Bryce Carver last week too, but. Because only four teams from the East and four teams from the West make it in, even a five and zero start like Hamilton's on, a four and one start like Billing Central's on, it doesn't it doesn't guarantee you anything because mm. you still have to navigate the last part of this um, schedule, and that's the thing that's going to be so interesting for the Southwestern A teams right now because the Northwestern A 
they don't get a lot of run in terms of publicity just because they're in this one little corner of the state. But the Northwestern A teams are all pretty good. Polson has got the Wilson kid who's throwing for a million yards. Columbia Falls got a stud quarterback. Libby's got maybe the best running back in the entire state of Montana, period. And worth noting, by the way, Libby put it on Blasted Polson this Polson. weekend, 42-6. to 42-6. to six. Yeah. And Whitefish is always competitive, too. So what's the crossover there? Can any of those Northwestern A teams sneak in and steal a spot? I think that right now inside track for Dillon, Frenchtown, and Hamilton, but I just don't know if all three of those teams are going to get in out of the West. One of them might get knocked out. We might have a surprise team from the Northwest that gets in. Two-Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. This has been our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Innovative, mobile, and traditional banking solutions. FarmersEbank.com. Quick break on the other side. Treasure State Stars of the Weekend. Coulter brings you five stars. We'll run through those rapid-fire style. Tell you who's been great in the past 72 hours next. For unquestionably committed coverage of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics from a homegrown local source, you can count on Skyline Sports. The grassroots news-gathering organization is owned and operated by Coulter and Brooks Nuanas, a pair of Missoula natives and University of Montana graduates. For the best sports journalism in the state, you can choose to buy local when you choose to buy Skyline Sports. For $8 a month or $90 a year, you can get the best coverage available at SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports, every day, every season. Speaking of the NFL, we're going to get to it in about 10 minutes from now. But before we do, it's time for Coulter to tell you who was great at the high school level over the weekend. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How deep. Good to be with you across the state. Happy to be here. Rolling through a Monday. Everything's happening, man. I love this right here. Kidding me? NHL Stanley Cup Game 6? Best game of the regular season, maybe, tonight? The NFL, we got ourselves MLB playoffs tomorrow, NBA Finals set for Wednesday? Gracious mercy. I don't know how much the NFL dominates the ratings landscape. How much? Last week's Bengals-Browns uh, game, and then the following, I guess that was two weeks ago, and then the following Jacksonville Jaguars, Miami Dolphins football On Thursday, game. yeah. Each had five times the share of ratings as either of the conference finals games in the NBA and almost eight times the share of either of the NHL games. Um, I I have found, um, I've, I've watched more of this NBA playoffs, actually sat down and spent time with it, um, and watching, watching games stem to stern uh, than I have in a long time. And I have enjoyed these NBA playoffs thoroughly. I mean, it's been there have been some great series, some great individual games. And if you get a great game with two teams that are just going at each other, uh, it is engrossing at at an all time level for from a sports standpoint. I don't I don't have an explanation. I don't have a reason. I can't. I couldn't even justify to you why it is then that I'm watching Dolphins Jags. But I I love the NFL. I love football in general. And you know, part of it is probably fantasy related. No uh but it's, it's so much gambling related. It is, but also here's the other thing for me. This is the separation point between football and basketball. Basketball as as with with quite a number of sports hockey the same is 
a game of of instinct and flow and action and reaction. It's very artistic and it's very uh, nuanced when it's played at a very high level. Uh, and and you you kind of see it go back and forth, and you can see some things happening. And okay, now they're just going to run the high pick and roll because you know Team A can't come up with a defense for Team B when their two best players are just doing a two man game. And you can see that stuff develop. Guys trying to get out with pace, guys trying to slow the game down, different things like that. The NFL, though, is a stop and reset every seven seconds. And while a lot of people who are into the games that have a lot more flow find that to be nauseating, I think a lot of people like myself find it to be the intriguing bit where you can sort of reset and go back through a brand new situation, a brand new, uh, you know, down and distance personnel What's it going to look like? What's the right thing to do in this situation? And playing that game while the game is happening is is fun. I don't know. It's just fun for me. Get into it more in our NFL segment. All right. Time for our Treasure State Stars. Right. That's what we're doing. Five stars <laughs> around the Treasure State uh, standout football performances from over the weekend. We're going to get started at the smallest school okay. level, Class C six man, Valley Christian, right here in Missoula. A school that has been going on and off of even having a football team mm-hmm. in recent years, but they got one and they got their first win this year thanks to Ian Becker. He came through in a huge forty-three to two victory over Gardner. Never see forty-three to two. Get that safety That's an sneak interesting in there. one. But it was in the <laughs> game was played in Victor. Interesting note: Valley Christians played all their games down the Bitterroot this year. Outside of so Missoula, that'll yeah. be um, that'll be something to follow. But Becker, he's a quarterback and a defensive end, four hundred and nine yards of total offense and seven touchdowns. He was 12 of 13 for 280 yards and three touchdowns through the air. He also ran 100 for 129 yards, four scores, had touchdown passes of 80 and two yards to Brennan Cox, 15 yard to Elijah Fisher. And, oh, by the way, because it's six men, he goes two ways. He led the team with 13 tackles, three tackles for loss, and a pair of sacks. So impressive. Huge uh, game for Mr. Becker there for Valley Christian. Our second Treasure State star. That goes to Hamilton sophomore linebacker Liam O'Connell. Not one of the headliners of this Hamilton team yet, but one of the few underclassmen that's starting. And he had a 21-yard scoop and score in the fourth quarter that helped turn a one-score game into a two-score game. Hamilton moves to 5-0, sews up the Southwestern A title with a uh, 21-6 victory over Frenchtown in a battle of two top-five teams. Our third Treasure State star, Derek Domjanovich of Billings Central, he had a a huge day where he had a 50-yard run that set up a four-yard touchdown run. He also scored another touchdown in the first half, and in the fourth quarter, he had an interception of Montana State commit Eli Abbey to help seal Billings Central's win, 28-14 over Laurel. That helped avenge Billings Central's first loss to Laurel since 2003. Last year, Laurel drilled Billings Central 33-0, so a redemption win for Billings Central, and Billing Central quickly moving up the ranks as one of the favorites in Class A. Sticking in Billings, Jackson Willems of Billings Skyview. Senior linebacker for the Falcons. He caught a touchdown pass. He also had 12 tackles and a tackle for loss in Skyview's 22-0 victory over CMR. That in itself is a great stat line, but this is uh, an amazing breakthrough for Billings Skyview. That's right. Skyview lost 22 straight games leading up to that point. They've been getting just run over by everybody. Skyview is the, uh, until the opening of Gallatin High School, was the second newest school in Class AA Mm -hmm. in terms of when the school itself originated. I know Belgrade just moved into the AA ranks, but Belgrade's been a high school for a long time. Right. But Ron Lepsock took the Billing Skyview job, I believe, in 1984. And 
had that job all the way until he retired a couple years ago. He was the coach there for 35-plus years. They had never, ever won a football game under anybody but Ron Lebsock, (laughs) and they get a win. So 22-game losing streak for Skyview snapped. Head coach Nathan Wall, he has his first ever victory, and that has to feel great for Skyview to get the monkey off their backs. Absolutely. And Who's your last star, Coulter? Finally, this is a good one. This is actually a kid I've been looking forward to highlighting because I actually think on a Sentinel team with a variety of great athletes, I think he's one of the best athletes on the team. He just happens to play fullback and linebacker, so he doesn't get a lot of headlines. But Charlie Kurgan, he's one of the best baseball players in the state as well. Mm. He's put together. I think he could play at the college level in either football or baseball. I actually expect if if coaches see him, he is more put together than a lot of these other Sentinel guys. He he's huge. I mean, he's he's physically mature and he's a really good player. But Sentinel's been uh, getting the ball around to all variety of different people. T.J. Roush, Grizz Kamei, he scored a touchdown on Saturday. But Charlie Kurgan, he was the main ball carrier from his fullback spot. Three touchdowns for the Spartans in a fifty-two to seven win over Butte. And I'll be interested to see, to follow Charlie Kurgan's recruiting because I think that uh, there's some guys that are starting to get some looks that aren't sort of the headliner guys from Sentinel, I think he's one of them. I think he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on. Coulter, thank you very much. Good to highlight those kids uh, that are uh, playing so well here this time of year. Hour number one in the books, hour two straight ahead. The Seahawks, another seven-point win, another dominant offensive performance. Where are we at with them now as they are 3-0? and Also, other highlights and headlines from around the NFL and maybe even get you set a little bit for a classic setting up to be a classic Monday nighter. All that coming up, hour number two straight ahead. Hey, it is spectacular outside. I mean, this is what it is to be in Montana. That's why Coulter's missing football games so he can leave at 3 o'clock and spend the evening on the road looking at it out there in the world. Well, there's no better way to get out into the woods, the mountains, the wilderness, off-road than with Kurtz Polaris. Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. It's beautiful outside, as I said, starting this early fall. Maybe you need to scout a hunting camp. Maybe you just want to go recreate and have some fun. They got everything you need. First of all, all the dirt bikes that you could ever imagine. Every side, they got kids' dirt bikes, and they got big bad boys, too, and everything in between. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes for you at Kurtz Polaris. Also, a Razor, if you haven't checked out a Razor, I'll tell you what, that is a performance side-by-side the likes of which you won't, will not find anywhere else. Go to Curse Polaris, get that thing, get out anywhere you need to go and get there fast. They also have the Rangers and the Generals. You can order those things, get them exactly what you need for the season. Plenty of apparel, safety gear, clothing, everything from helmets and gloves to shirts and hats and full suits if you need them. Everything is at Kurtz Polaris. Recreate the way you always envisioned with Kurtz online at KurtzPolaris.com. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.